Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Amy Podcast. I'm Terry Baker. Our guests today are from GE Healthcare. Rick Sidlow is the Education Manager for Customer Technical Training. In his eight years with GEHC, he has worked to drive the development of educational solutions intended to help solve HTM challenges. Also with us is Aaron Gorill. He is General Manager of In-House and On-Demand Service for GE Healthcare in the United States. Aaron leads a diverse team dedicated to creating solutions to help North American customers navigate the challenges of building and optimizing in-house service models within a healthcare system in transformation. Aaron has held leadership roles within GE Healthcare for the past 17 years. Welcome to the show, Rick and Aaron. We really appreciate your joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us, Jeff. Virtual reality or VR, made a big splash at the Amy Annual Conference and Expo this year in Long Beach, and both of you were on hand to present its capabilities to the attendees. On today's episode, we'd like to focus on how VR is being used to train healthcare technology management or HTM professionals. So, Rick, can you start us out by explaining to us the basics of the VR experience? Virtual reality, or VR, creates an immersive, interactive 3D environment typically experienced by the user wearing a headset and and using hand controllers. For our purposes, the goal of virtual reality is that the user forgets that they're in a virtual or artificial environment, and they begin to interact with this environment as they would naturally in the real world. For those familiar with Pokemon Go uh, application, this is an example of AR or augmented reality. Sure. While virtual reality is an entirely generated environment, augmented reality mixes the digital world with the real world around you. For example, in AR, you may see images or videos kind of floating in space in front of you or off to the side. Another way to to look at it is with virtual reality, you can swim with sharks. And with augmented reality, you can watch a shark pop out of your business card. (laughs) So while, while VR might be more immersive, AR offers more freedom for the user and maybe more possibilities because it doesn't need to be a head-mounted display. You can interact with AR with a tablet or a smartphone. In a general sense, how is VR being used in healthcare today? There's a a lot of different examples of of how VR is being used. I'll name a couple here in pain management, ocular diseases, and physical therapy. Our team is really focusing on using VR or really all digital technologies for for training purposes. Now, I can relate to another specific training example that I had the opportunity to experience firsthand and some in the audience might be able to relate to, and that's the Da Vinci surgical system. Sure. At a hospital with a colleague, we were able to compete in practice sessions to see who is the best at completing a task. So now our completion of this task is based on our speed and our efficiency. And for doctors... You could easily see how they would practice on the system and prepare for delivering the best possible patient outcome. I'll be truthful and say that I did lose the competition, but I didn't miss out on realizing the value that this virtual practice can provide. Right. Looking at, at this example, this is also how we want to build our HTM training to drive productivity and efficiency. So is the use of VR as a training tool a recent development? And how has the technology evolved to make its use and training a possibility? Terry, uh, this is Aaron Coral uh, here, and uh, what I would say is that it's relatively new, I think, in just the amount of adoption it has. But um, 
what we've seen and how the technology's evolved. I think anybody with kids or anybody who has a gaming console has seen that the technology evolved firsthand. I have a nine-year-old son who's addicted to really two things. One is playing football. Uh, two is he's addicted to his Xbox, and sure. specifically Madden 19 and then Fortnite. What I see in these games is much different than the experience I had when I was nine with my Atari system. Specifically, uh, the realism of the graphics, the way the players and the bodies move, uh, mm-hmm. the lighting uh, that you see within that environment, and also the speed of the processing has changed dramatically, where it's nearly real life. The technology advancements combined with cost being continually reduced, like you can get, uh, we've seen examples of the hollow lenses, uh, touchscreen uh, technology, and even VR goggles coming down in price over the last few years by over 50%. Yeah. Uh, you can even go to your a local electronics store now and buy a headset that you can plug your, your mobile phone into to simulate that uh, virtual reality experience. So really the combination of the technology advancements and the cost reduction has allowed us to immerse our GE engineers and also our HTM engineers into a, a near-real environment in a cost-effective way. Now, looking specifically at using VR to train HTM professionals, what would be an example of how it could be used? We want to leverage technology, including VR and AR, to really increase access, increase understanding, and increase retention for all of our HTM professionals. So we started out by creating simulator training for CT, MR, and vascular. You think of the, the pilot experience where practice piloting aircraft, right? Mm -hmm. We wanted to focus on having our HTM professionals practice performing plan maintenance activities. We used a a large touch screen, similar to the interaction you'd have with an iPad, and used these systems to create an immersive environment for the student while giving them a very structured way to learn the skills and tasks they need to perform. This summer, we had the opportunity to present our virtual reality telemetry training at the Amy Biomet Conference. Telemetry training was tricky for us because we wanted to be able to bring that training to the customer site, but we didn't have a way to do that without disrupting patient care, which obviously would be a non-starter. So what we learned from our our simulation experience was to create a completely immersive VR environment that the student really believes they're in their telemetry room and they're looking at the equipment they would face in their own hospital. What VR enabled us to do is to create that environment for the students where they can interact with the system, they can troubleshoot the system without fear of injury to themselves, to the equipment, or disrupting patient care. What are some of the advantages of VR training for the HTM professional versus a vendor's traditional classroom setting? Uh, Terry, um, in a traditional classroom setting, the the students or the customers leaving their their field or their customer site and, uh, and coming to a vendor site or a training location, Uh, Utilizing technology or the virtual reality uh, technology, we actually bring uh, the training environments with an instructor to the customer, right? So there are many benefits to this four that I'll mention. I think one is pretty pretty apparent, which is by bringing the technology and the training to the customer's site, we're able to dramatically reduce costs, particularly in avoidance of uh, travel and living expenses, you know, the meals, the flights, the hotel, et cetera. Right. Um, also, uh, what we've witnessed and uh, experienced and gotten feedback from, from people who've been through it is um, is a work-life balance benefit uh, that the uh, uh, the students feel, which is at the end of the day, at the end of a fairly intense uh, training session, they're able to go home and be with 
uh, their loved ones and to go to their own home and their own bed, et cetera. Uh, so those are the first two benefits. I'll mention two more. Uh, one that was touched on now with safety, right? And that is, you know, when you're working on equipment with high voltage or cryogens, other, there's, there's an environment where there's potential risk. And then using virtual reality uh, technology, you can, you can simulate different events and have the students go through those events without that risk of, without the risk of injury. Um, and also, you, as mentioned in the previous question and answer, is you do avoid the chance that uh, you're bringing a, a customer system potentially down that were a telemetry system that could be catastrophic to the, the hospital. Finally, the fourth one that I'll mention is around productivity. You know, in a traditional classroom setting, students really huddle around a piece of equipment and uh, they watch other people work on the equipment until it's their turn to perform the particular repair tasks or training tasks. In a virtual reality environment, we can have the students performing all the tasks themselves so that they, they become familiar uh, with the processes and the steps from point one to the end. So there definitely is that benefit from productivity and, and a learning standpoint. All great points. As a leader, I know to your point earlier that the expenses around the travel and the lodging, it's amazing. A lot of times you're trying to look in your budget and say, do I have the money to train someone? And then you look at the cost of the course and things of that nature only to realize, you know, sometimes that's just the tip of the iceberg by the time someone has to fly somewhere and stay four or five nights uh, in a hotel and per diem and all that good stuff gets very expensive. So as uh, someone has to budget for training on a regular basis, I can definitely appreciate that point. That's, that's a great point, Terry. And, and unfortunately, in the environment we're at, uh, we're in with uh, you know all the cost cutting we've seen mm-hmm. out uh, in the HTM environment. Uh, training is one of those areas that slashed uh, often uh, uh, very early in the cost cutting process. Right. So. Uh, this actually provides us some opportunity to get training back to the customer at a lower price point and really to have the opportunity to have more of their students exposed to training Sure, because right? it's so, so dearly needed. Yeah, yeah, very neat. In addition to training, what are some other ways in which healthcare professionals can benefit from the use of VR? We'll talk about a couple different things, right? We've talked about AR and VR and just technology in general to, to help with training. Um, I'll speak first about just some additional training benefits, but we, what we really want to do is make training available in more bite-sized chunks. As we talked about, traditional is several days of engagement. Mm-hmm. We want the students to be able to interact with and consume the training content, you know, kind of a self-paced and repetitive um, manner, right? So they can go and refer to it uh, Monday and Friday and, and however it works best for their schedule. So working to build out these micro-learning sessions we feel will be very helpful and make training more of a continual experience as opposed to just a one-time engagement. I would add uh, as well, Terry, that uh, you know there's a lot of market dynamics at play uh, within the HTM space. You know, one of them is uh, you know significant amount of uh, retirement of uh, engineers. Our customers are facing that challenge as well as GE, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this kind of technology uh, can be used beyond training to to help protect against some of that brain drain that goes on when you have some experienced engineers leaving, you know, the department uh, or leaving the hospital. And what I mean by that is we're making investments. I'm not going to go deep into the, the uh, details of these investments, but we do see this kind of technology being used to, you know, help aid even uh, engineers, maybe of lower skill sets or lower expertise and troubleshooting. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some self-guided repair options. Right. And or the common utilizing this technology in combination with some of our remote technical service engineers 
I could really play well into making certain that as an engineer sitting in front of a piece of equipment, some GE equipment, uh, they've got all the tools available to them and all the backup support to make sure uh, that they're servicing the equipment in a correct way. So when you mentioned making the training bite-sized chunks, so that way you don't have to spend four or five days just totally immersed in a classroom, are you then talking about then maybe the uh, technician has access to actually view that training multiple times? Yes, we do want to build training that is revisited mm-hmm. and that that knowledge can be you know experienced again, right? They can practice and apply what they've learned multiple times. We feel like repetition uh-huh. will help that you know that student to better apply what they've learned. I mean, in servicing of equipment, there are certain tasks that don't happen very very frequently. Right. And so to have that as an asset to go back and refer to, we feel like we'll help that individual perform that service better. I think that's always the challenge. Like, when do I send this person to training? Do they have to spend some time shadowing or getting, you know, some time exposed? Or do I need to send them on the front end of it? The problem is, if you send them totally before they've ever really had much experience with the gear at all, now as they sit in training, sometimes that training doesn't totally burn into their brain, but then you know, it'd be nice, that ability for them to go back later as they have more experience with the tech or the specific issues pop up, that ability then to go back and listen to that and, and watch that or experience that training again, uh, I imagine can be definitely a very uh, valuable and powerful uh, tool. That's right, Terry. And I think there's another factor at play too, which is, you know, with all the merger, acquisition, consolidation activity that you've seen over the last several years, right? It's interesting to your point is, you may be very familiar with the equipment and experts on the equipment that's within the walls of your organization. However, you know, very quickly you could be reintroduced through an acquisition to equipment you haven't seen in some time. So having the opportunity to select some of this training to refresh yourself or to become re-familiar with some of these processes uh, and repair frequencies or steps, uh, I think would be incredibly valuable. How are you leveraging technology to further enhance the learning experience? For example, where do you see VR heading in terms of ease of use, access, and affordability, specifically in terms of its use in healthcare? So as we've mentioned throughout this podcast, we're really looking to increase the access, the understanding, and the retention of our service training content. We want our students to feel comfortable and well-supported in any efforts they are using to service equipment. We're really excited about using technologies such as VR and AR to digitize the learning process, give them opportunities to repeat what they've learned, and really give them new opportunities to see inside the system and see how the system operates that they normally would not have that opportunity to view. I have a couple examples that I'd like to to share with you where we feel it will be very impactful to see the internal operation of the system. The first is an anesthesia machine where we are digitizing or using AR and VR to show the movement of gas throughout the system. We feel this will be very impactful for the user to understand this from an operational and a service perspective. The second example I want to present is in regards to the operation of an MR table. We all know know that safety is the number one priority when it comes to servicing of the MR, and there are different tools required and different parts within the MR system. Now, imagine being able to experience doing that service in a virtual environment, seeing the the table move and the internal mechanisms function within that table before you ever go into that room. 
we feel like having that experience will help remove some of the fear, provide more confidence, and make the engineer, the, uh, the HTM professional, feel better supported in servicing the equipment. Some additional projects we're working on using technologies such as virtual reality or augmented reality are in mammography as well as patient monitoring, in addition to the MR and anesthesia examples I just gave. I'd like to also add, Terry, um, Darren, you know, in leading our HTM and on-demand uh, development business across the U.S. And, and Canada, you know, one of my one of my primary priorities, of course, is to make sure we're executing the right strategies and making the right right investments to to meet the evolving or changing needs of the uh, HTM market. And that includes, you know, productivity tools. That includes working with Rick and his business and training to make sure we're evolving to meet new needs. That includes support services and and also uh, improving and increasing access to parts uh, in a timely, effective way. But uh, one of those changes or, or market dynamics that we've seen and we had planned on is is really we're witnessing HTMs going beyond pulling the traditional you know cost levers and they're really aggressively seeking opportunities to drive productivity improvements within their departments and also increasingly concerned about driving productivity uh, with their employees. Right. So. Mm -hmm. When you ask the question, where else do we see technology, I think there's just a, a ton of possibility uh, to bring technology into this area, driving productivity, helping employees be most effect, effective and efficient at working on equipment. I also think uh, that there's opportunity to utilize technology in your retention and recruitment strategies, given there's a, a very competitive marketplace out there for, for HTMs now with all the retirements. So, I think uh, there's really endless possibilities. We just have to remind ourselves and be uh, vigilant at uh, staying current uh, with what's available to us and how we might be able to apply it. And some of our best ideas, Terry, will come from people listening to this podcast and, and our customers who are providing ideas and being open about the challenges that they're facing. Sounds great. I really appreciate it, as a, again, as a leader that has to struggle with ensuring his team is, is trained and up-to-date on uh, equipment. I can definitely you've you've definitely gotten me excited about the potential of this technology, and again, it's uh, I think our listeners will find great value in it, and I really appreciate your joining us today, uh, Rick and Aaron, and sharing this information. Thank you, thank you for the opportunity, and we thank you, our listener, for joining us today. To learn more about this topic and lots of others, please stop by amy.org. That's a a m i dot o r g. For this episode of the Amy Podcast, I'm Terry Baker.